welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we're speaking with Reza Ritsari from the USDA Rural Development, and Mike Lowen also joins us from Blake Wilson. And uh, we're really going to dive into some of the loan programs over there and talk about accounting for Credit Reform Act and cost models and all that good stuff. So uh, I think this will be a nice educational podcast for everybody. And uh, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about the USDA Rural Development and some of their loan programs, credit modeling, and uh, we're going to be speaking with a couple folks here that know all about that. So I'm going to start off here. We have uh, Reza and Mike. So why don't, we, why don't we start off with Reza? Would you introduce yourself to the audience? Um, hello, everyone. Uh, this is Reza Rutsay. Um I am the um, branch chief of uh, credit modeling at rural, USDA Rural Development. Um, I've been working with USDA for a little uh, over 21 years in different agencies. Um, I started with um, um, USDA uh, Agricultural Resource um, Service uh, for five years. Uh, I did uh, quite a bit of research there. Um, and I worked five years of, uh, uh, under another agency at, under USDA Food Inspection Services. <clears throat> and I also um, been working um, uh, 11 years now under rural development in credit um, uh, modeling team. And I'm currently the uh, chief branch. I also um, uh, been teaching as a adjunct uh, faculty in many uh, academic area and lately for the past four years I've been teaching at Johns Hopkins University. Um, that's all I can uh, introduce myself. Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks and, for being uh, here. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. And and uh, the uh, in our area, um, what we do, um, uh, maybe. Uh, should I continue my talk, or should I wait my uh, my colleague to introduce himself? Yeah, let's go. I ahead. can introduce myself. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Okay, thank you, Paul, and thank you, Reza. Sure. So, uh, my name is Mike Lowen. I'm a senior manager with the Blake Wilson Group. Uh, happy to be here and happy to support Reza and his team. Um, I'm a CPA, a certified fraud examiner. I've got an MBA from Pace University. Started my career at Deloitte & Touche. I've been in the finance audit and uh, been a chief financial officer for the past 25 years at the World Health Organization, Avon Breast Cancer Crusade, several uh, global banks, and a couple of consulting firms here in the D.C. area. Um, happy to be supporting all program and work streams at the USDA as a, as a Blake Wilson Group as a prime contractor. Um, so that's about me. Uh, I'd like to also introduce the Blake Wilson Group, which is my current firm. Um, Blake Wilson Group is the prime contractor for the USDA, RD. Uh, we're a SBA certified company, a service disabled veteran owned small business. Um, the projects we serve at USDA include credit modeling, which we're going to discuss with Reza today, 
We also support budget formulation and ex- execution, also including efforts to refine and replace modeling and forecasting tools within the agency. And we're also responsible for uh, creating and uh, facilitating training sessions for the USDA staff. Um, we're a, a licensed certified public accounting firm. We're a cybersecurity mature model certification registered provider organization. And I'm really thrilled to be here, Paul. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, another great small business we have out here supporting the government. So thanks for being here. Um, awesome. So, yeah, let's go back. Reza, give us a little bit more about, uh, you know, your organization and maybe just tell us more about, you know, the types of loans and things that uh, RD offers. All right. So we at uh, USDA RD have three um, different agencies. Um, um, each one works um, in a uh, specific areas. So we have uh, about um, 50, almost about 50 different programs that we focus on those. Um, and uh, we have kind of routine works um, every year, which I will explain in detail. So the, um, we provide economic analysis of USDA loan programs through advanced modeling and data analysis. So we start with uh, a cohort. What I, I want to emphasize what exactly and specifically we do at Credit Modeling Branch. We, our primary work is to calculate subsidy rate for government in all programs. But in, in order to achieve that, we have to start from somewhere. So we have cohorts which is a group of loans given in a specific year with um, similar characteristics. Um, For example, we don't uh, take the um, housing project and combine with broadband or electric projects. So all the loans are similar to housing kind of things, which is whether it is a single family housing or multiple, uh, multifamily housing falls under the same umbrella, um, and all the loans given for single-family housing in a particular year, uh, we call it a cohort. So we take the cohort with this specific um, characteristics, and we calculate the subsidy rate. OMB, the Office of uh, Budget um, and Management, uh, will provide us economic assumptions and a specific calculator throughout all the federal agency. We use that calculator and with the economic assumption to calculate the subsidy rate. But in doing that, we have three different stages um, every year. So the first one is the agency estimate. So we calculate the subsidy rate. Um, around uh, April, May. So, and then uh, we call it the agency estimate. Um, uh, we provide the subsidy rate, but this subsidy rate is just for internal use. It does not represent a particular budget year. So, um, and there would be a reason why. In order for us to finalize the subsidy rate, we need economic assumption. But when we start doing the calculation of subsidy rate, we, we rely on historical data, 
um, when uh, a cohort is given and provided to us, it carries historical data. Um, if a cohort does not carry any historical data, then we use some other cohorts, some other program as proxy. Uh, it happens sometimes we have to use uh, a small business administration, similar kind of project as proxy until we gain um, you know, some historical data to finish the work. So even if we calculate the agency estimate, which is a subsidy rate, particularly for internal use, to give a heads up to the agency administration, the hired manager, uh, to see what the standing or what condition we are uh, facing with. So they, you know, for decision-making purposes, it helps them. So that happens in April and May. And then all the way to um, November, December uh, time, when the economic assumption is ready and provided by OMB, which is the Office of Budget and uh, Management, um, and the calculator, that is the right time then we use those tools to calculate the subsidy rate. We have almost around 50 programs um, and every year, you know, they may add some new project, but regularly the same project will stay. Some of them, you know, will close up depending on the need. And in President uh, Budget Formulation, which is uh, our basic, uh, you know, uh, fundamental work in calculating the subsidy rate um, on November, December, this is particularly a projection of the subsidy rate two years ahead. So in other words, we always calculate the subsidy rate for president budget formulation two years ahead and for each program. We are talking about uh, between 42 to 50 uh, programs every year, approximately in, in that area. And that subsidy rate will be shared with OMB for final approval. It is back and forth discussion between us and OMB. Um, and then it will be finally finalized uh, by OMB and uh, published um, at uh, Federal you know, uh, Depository um, Bank. And then after that, we have another um, big calculation and that is um, the actual calculation of the subsidy rate. So, as I mentioned on President Budget Formulation, we project subsidy rate two years ahead. And when the actual year comes with the most updated economic assumptions, we threw up our estimated subsidy rate and to see how good, how close we were when we estimated the subsidy rate. This process happened in September. Um, and each year, through, between September to October, we um, threw up our projection of uh, subsidy rate for each cohort. Since the credit reform uh, started in 1992, so all the cohorts and the loan given starting 1992 have a projected subsidy rate. So in the re-estimate, um, which is the true up the projected um, 
um, subsidy rate, we start to go back from 1992 loans given to all projects to true up the subsidy rate. So in other words, each projected subsidy rate for each cohort at each year will be true up using the most updated economic assumption. That simply means that we continue this truing up or correction of our projected subsidy rate every year for each cohort until the cohort is completely paid off and get closed. So this is um, a massive work uh, since we start um, uh, from the beginning of um, the initiation of the loan, which is 1992, but the old one, but some, um, you know, we started for example, for a particular program we started 10 years ago, um, programs such as water waste, um, you know, which is very old, or electric, um, they are very old. So therefore, it covers all the cohorts and uh, loans um, starting from 1992. So approximately, you know, every year we uh, threw up about um, 700 direct and guarantee loans. Um, so uh, the, the, the subsidy rate should be, you know, corrected every year. So this is what we call it um, the reestimate um, uh, re process, which is basically the correction of the projected subsidy rate every year. So in this process, sometimes we see, um, you know, we can, um, based on our historical uh, analysis, uh, and then we see sometimes be overestimated, sometimes be underestimated, um, and that is reasonable and uh, uh, understandable because some of the items such as prepayment, which is uh, uh, a kind of, uh, you know, unpredictable uh, entity in, in this whole process. We don't know how the borrowers are going to be prepaid uh, more in advance based on the economic assumption and situation. So we always see this, um, you know, overestimation, underestimation of our, um, you know, subsidy rate. And then um, we have another uh, process we call it modification, uh, which incorporates, um, you know, um, uh, a new, um, you know, procedure of calculation for any cohort that undergoes a change uh, in contractual terms, such as loan terms, such as borrower's interest rate or disbursement shift of the loan. If any of those contractual terms changes, then we have um, to calculate the cost, um, uh, which is, uh, we believe it is going to be additional cost to government. Um, so it is uh, mandated uh, by OMB. Uh, so we calculate the modification what if it be changed interest rate from 2% to 3% or vice versa, 2% to 1%? What would be the impact on the subsidy rate? So we calculate this and we submit to OMB uh, for um, uh, approval process and that requires the budget authority if the modification cost tends to positive. Sometimes in under some uh, you know, critical situation, if the borrowers under imminent um, default then it goes under a workout and permits uh, the regulation permits the agency um, to restructure the loan 
And for this kind of situation, we compare the cost through the restructuring the loan versus what if the loan goes to default and see which one is less. Um, so for decision purposes. Um, so um, if it is more than default, then um, uh, there would be no cost to government, no budget authority actually for modification. Um, so this is a kind of routine work we do um, in calculating the subsidy rate. Um, so we do the agency estimate, president budget formulation, and re-estimate, which is truing up a projected subsidy rate. So in our um, uh, credit modeling branch, um, we do have two kinds. Actually, the agency provides two kinds of the loan. Um, the majority of loans are direct. Um, and then some of the loans are uh, guarantee um, loan. The lenders, private lenders provide loan and the agency will um, guarantee uh, if the loan ever goes um, default um, and then agency will uh, be responsible for 80%, 70% or 90% depending on the project. Um, some of the prog uh, programs are uh, um, humongously book, I mean big, such as the, uh, we have a guarantee single family housing, um, which is a relatively huge uh, program. Um, and we also have electric programs, those are very good. Um, in, in the top five, for example, uh, program based on the unpaid principal balance, I can say from last year, or our guarantee single family housing, the FFP, um, the federal uh, you know, uh, banking uh, um, um, loans uh, and direct single family housing, direct water waste, and also we have loans on community facilities. They're all big. Um, you know, the top five uh, programs um, with the most, uh, you know, UPB, which is the unpaid principal balance. Uh, we can say from that, from that perspective um, that this program are the top um, you know, active programs. So because of the nature of some of the loans, such as guaranteed single family housing, which is complicated. So um, we have a specific um, model. So we have two different distinct models. One is uh, uh, based on, uh, we call it econometrics model, uh, and uh, which is uh, basically used on technology of using our language and SAS, which is a statistical uh, language, a well-known uh, language. Uh, so those uh, econometrics models are built by using our language and SAS language, while the other uh, major models, uh, we have about uh, eight models, um, but the most active models um, are uh, model A, B, C, D, and they're all Excel visual basic model, uh, which is totally different. Uh, and the fundamental difference between the two models, the econometrics model is based on a, a loan um, level. Rather, um, the Excel visual basic model um, is based on cohort. So comparing this to um, the, the econometrics model, which is based on uh, loan level, so it, it carries significant amount of data. So the data sources, the amount of data, 
uh, we get for um, our econometrics model is um, uh, a lot more than the, um, the the model for projects that are based on Excel, Visual Basic, and, and a cohort level. So uh, we use uh, different sources uh, um, uh, such as you know uh, such as uh, Moody's uh, S&P uh, data. You know uh, we get data from all the states. Um, and, uh, and and the model easily in, incorporate all this data from each state in order uh, to combine them and come up um, uh, and, 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 and to get and calculate the subsidy that represent for the guarantees in the family housing. So this, these are the kind of work we do in a very high level um, and um, it, it keeps us very busy in, 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 in the agency and we are proud Really to do um, and provide this for uh, U.S. rural um, area, and we have done, um, based on my experience for the past uh, 11 years of working at RD Rural Development, we provide a significant amount of services to our um, rural um, area, and I've been uh, eyewitness how much progress we have done, and uh, in, uh, in in this past 10, 12 years. And that is basically yeah. what I could share with you. Sure. No, sure. Thank, thank you for no, that thank, overview. Thank you for that overview. And uh, I thought maybe uh, we could get uh, Mike in here, uh, give us some feedback sure. from your end. You can either speak to the tools, toolkits or what's kind of happening Absolutely. in the tool world. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have teams of uh, specialists, credit, credit modeling specialists and economists who, as Reza said, we are constantly adapting and adjusting the models that we provide uh, with feedback from Reza that Reza receives from the Office of Management and Budget and from uh, executive management at the USDA. So based upon the different criteria that they're trying to implement, we will run scenarios and run models and present them back to Reza and his team, and they'll analyze it and see whether or not that meets the expectation. So it's an iterative process. There's a lot of back and forth. We are constantly running models and scenarios and uh, providing feedback back up up through the organization through the USDA, and you know Res is the center of that spoke of that of that wheel, because he talks to the people above us and he talks to uh, us and interacts with us about how we ad adapt and adjust those models. So it's a very very busy busy work stream within the USDA. I can say that. Sure, and I was wondering, you know, for maybe Mike, start with you, but Reza too, you know, are you guys seeing developments in the industry, maybe even like artificial intelligence tools or other kind of big data type of approaches to, to credit modeling, you know, just, I don't know, are there things that are kind of advances that you're seeing out there? I can, I'll, I'll go first, Reza, and then I'll let you, cool. you speak up, but um, there has, funding has been uh, appropriated to do certain upgrades uh, in the infrastructure and the tools that the USDA use, uses. I mean, most of the funds are um, for uh, obligated for um, uh, commit, committed to uh, incentive programs. So there is a certain amount of money that has been deployed to in, in, improve the infrastructure. We're working on Im, improving budgeting tools. There's always room for uh, improvement based upon the new needs of the uh, the user group. So we've created a new uh, budget tool to replace a tool that they had. We've gotten good feedback from that. 
you know, it's all about information. It's all about tweaking the different tools that you have so that the, uh, the new administration and the new leaders within the USDA are getting the information they need. So that's a constant process. Um, I'll, Reza, I think that maybe the programming languages have changed. There is a attempt to move away from Excel and to use programming languages such as R. Um, would you agree with that? Well, uh, <clears throat> let, let me uh, uh, just add some more uh, things that uh, Michael had. Um, so R is a very um, strong language, and I, um, I personally love R and, and SAS. SAS is very complicated for humongously big, uh, large data cleaning uh, kind of things. But at the same time, Excel Visual Basic also, they are especially Visual Basic, which is old, but it is very easygoing model. I mean, it is uh, one can really use Excel Visual Basic to develop a model and then yet be able to, uh, um, you know, get the good result. But what makes the Excel um, Visual Basic so limited uh, is when the program becomes um, humongously large and it covers significant amount of, um, you know, variability, such as, you know, the um, uh, guarantee single-family housing. Single-family housing is, is a huge project, very complex it always faces with economic assumption, um, you know, significantly, and we don't want to miss variability um, in our calculation. And that was the fundamental reasoning why we shifted um, to uh, econometrics model, which covers more variability. We collect more data. Uh, so as we collect more data, use more historical data, our uh, projection will be um, you know, be much better. Um, so for that reason, you know, R and SAS, the combination of our SAS is is excellent um, for developing um, um, any econometrics model, such as the guarantee single family housing guarantee BNI. Uh, so I don't see any new change that we have to go uh, from Excel Visual Basic to R, but under uh, some, some exception is always there, such as our direct single family housing is now on their way uh, to be changed to a uh, econometrics model, such as, you know, guarantee single family housing. Uh, and, and I my, uh, myself was, um, you know, witness when we decided to shift uh, the guarantee single family housing model, which was Excel Visual Basic model, and, and, and change to um, uh, an econometrics model. Now it is a good time for our direct single-family housing, and we are thinking to shift um, that model from Excel-based into an econometrics model, which is a, 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 a more, um, you know, better, uh, more effective model, uh, and that is because it is based on a loan level. So uh, to make uh, this story short, not uh, uh, too much change, but for some programs such as direct single family housing, yes, um, we have window to shift from Excel-based model to an econometrics model. Um, but other than that, R is a strong language, and, and we've been working uh, with BWG, and they are um, uh, our main supporter, and they are doing excellent job um, in supporting um, RD. 
Great. Well, we have a, a few more minutes for one more question. Uh, maybe I'll start with Reza and then Mike, if you want to just add on to that and we can kind of sign off. But uh, I was just curious, Reza, with the new uh, uh, administration now, you know, what do you see in your opinion, some of their goals and how that might uh, affect what, what you all do there? Maybe the kinds of loans or, you know, any kind of effects on what you what you're doing? Well, the that's a great question. Um, uh, based uh, on my understanding and the way I see it, um, is uh, it is going to be um, you know directed toward the direction of um, uh, COVID pandemic because as a result of COVID pandemic for the past two years, um, we were um, extremely busy um, because it impacted um, you know the borrowers significantly um, and uh, as a result of that they have to go through recalculation um, and the agency has to go through um, you know uh, restructuring uh, a lot of loans um, and that kept us very very busy um, the, the, uh, I will see in future as long as the um, covid pandemic uh, uh, is with us, that there, sh- uh, there are, um, you know, uh, more and more uh, coming restructuring of the loan as the borrowers will, will not be able to pay on time. Uh, and um, as a result of that, the agency will step forward um, before the loan goes um, um, to default. They want to restructure, um, you know, and, and save uh you know, some money. So that is our main, main issue. Uh, and I will uh, emphasize that. And, and because of this COVID uh, pandemic, um, it still is uncertain. And uh, as long as the uncertainty exists there, um, you know, um, I see more, uh, you know, direction, more shift toward uh, restructuring some of the loan, major loans uh, in order to prevent, you know, any further, um, you know, negative impact on the agents and the borrowers. Rez is absolutely right. Uh, We were actually talking about this last night when we were getting ready to uh, prepare for this podcast. Um, You know, the disruptions caused by the COVID crisis do trickle down through all of the, the, the loan programs. And, you know, we have to factor in the, uh, in the characteristics of that, uh, which impacts all of the models that we're doing. One of the other things that we're tracking and looking at um, under the Biden administration's Build Back Better program, looking through that uh, that program, the, the documentation around that program, it includes about $4 billion to strengthen the critical supply chains, um, strengthening the food system, creating new market opportunities, and helping rural communities and other communities that have been left behind to support good paying jobs. Uh, a lot of what we hear uh, just personally is about supply chain issues um, in items that you're ordering, especially now around Christmas time, you might be ordering gifts and you're hearing that there's supply chain issues. Well, uh, you know, in, in the agriculture area and the food service and food processing and food production business, you're also having supply chain issues. So one of the things we're tracking is how the USDA will invest um, that money, the $4 billion in, uh, in, in, in improving the supply chain for uh, the food pro- processing and food production industry. So 
it'll be interesting to see how that comes about and if there will be new loans that come about through that. Also, uh, we're tracking, as as Reza said, the renewable energy uh, work streams that are coming out of the administration and the lending around that, and also the 5G initiatives, which the USDA will be involved with. So those are just some of the long-term things and short-term things that we're, we're tracking. Okay, well, so Reza and Mike, uh, this was great. I really appreciate you all uh, coming on the show today and giving us some more insight into uh, this uh, fascinating, complex work you all do. So thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for giving us such opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Happy holidays to you and everybody. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. AGACGFM.org or your podcatcher of preference. Get all those podcasts, all the new ones, all the old ones, all the ones to come in the future. And until that next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.